Nonprofits have an intersection with hospitality in most communities. In Louisville, Kentucky, however, they really strive to make that part of the uniqueness in hospitality and in leisure, in business, travel, conventions, and so forth. We speak with Zach Davis just about just that on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to Small Shop Fundraising, a podcast dedicated to small to medium-sized nonprofits and the topics and issues facing them today. I am thrilled about this episode today. We have as our guest, Zach Davis, and he is the Vice President of Destination Services at Louisville Tourism. Most of my audience might remember Louisville Tourism as the Convention and Visitors Bureau in Louisville, Kentucky. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Liz. I'm so excited to have you on. Anytime I get a chance to talk to Zach Davis is a good day. (laughs) Ditto. (laughs) So I'm thrilled to have you on. I can't wait to learn more about what you do in Louisville Tourism. But first, I really want to say I always enjoy working with Louisville Tourism. When I have an opportunity to reach out to anyone at Louisville Tourism, I do it because there's always a positive that comes out of that conversation. So that that was really important for me to say right at the top of the of the interview. He did not pay me to say that either. So no, I did not. <laughs> so Zach, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, a short look back on your leadership journey to being at Louisville Tourism. Sure. Um, well, I am actually coming up on my 12-year anniversary here at Louisville Tourism. I started back September 15th of 2008, to be exact. I have a very interesting journey. Most folks that come to Convention and Visitors Bureaus come from the hotel world, and I did not. I graduated from U of L with a communication degree. At the same time, I was working at what was Six Flags Kentucky Kingdom, yeah. and I was also doing an internship at the zoo, and I was finishing up my military service in the Marine Corps and the reserves. So I was busy and I was kind of actually already in this hospitality space and maybe didn't even realize it. So got super lucky and was very fortunate to be hired on after I left Six Flags here and I was in what we call our services department as a manager. Did that for about six years and then uh, became our director of marketing for three years and then now oversee the destination services department as the vice president and just been so, so fortunate to have the opportunity to work here, and I just love what I do. Like I said, any, everybody seems to love what they do at Louisville Tourism. It's fun. It's a fun place to even go and visit and have a meeting at. But what is Louisville Tourism, and what is Destination Services? That's a great question. So we are, um, we recently changed our name, so we are doing business as Louisville Tourism. As you mentioned earlier at the top of the podcast, we were formerly the Louisville Convention and Visitors Bureau. And as you can imagine, that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And while we work super close with the convention centers, oftentimes we were confused with being employees of the convention centers or the state. And so we are a not-for-profit organization. We're quasi-governmental. And we are completely, basically completely funded by the hotel transient room tax or what we call the bed tax. So when folks come and stay in the city, um, when out-of-towners are here, visitors, a portion of the tax they pay funds us. So what we do, our organization overall in the... CVB world, I will say. Here come the acronyms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Acronym um, we are a, That's right. We're a, we're a destination marketing organization, or DMO. So our sole purpose 
is to market and sell the destination uh, for visitors. And those visitors come in kind of different segments. They're leisure travelers that are just coming individually or in small groups to spend a weekend or spend a few days in the city for leisure purposes. They are conventions, events, festivals, meetings, seminars, where we work with the organizers of those uh, to, to host the events in Louisville. Uh, and there's also a group tour component. So those are the folks that get on the motor coaches and come and do group experiences in cities around the country and around the world. So we are out selling to them. And when they come to the city, they bring with them uh, economic impact. And so we are an economic impact driver for the destination as well. All right. So you basically, in a nutshell, promote the city to get people to come to Louisville to spend their vacation time, their business time, their... Uh, convention time here in our city, right? That's exactly it. And to, to answer your question about destination services specifically, we, yeah. we have a sales team that is actually out there selling to the event organizers. And, the, um, and then we have uh, an actual marketing team within our marketing organization. We have a tourism team that's out there doing the motor coach. And then we have destination services. And our role is to kind of be the conduit between these meeting organizers, these meeting planners, and the city to help them plan and, and hold their events in Louisville. So I always say that that could be helping them find a florist. It could be closing down a bridge. It could be working on visitor enhancement projects. Uh, there's just a, a myriad of things we do, but that's kind of what Destination Services does within our organization. As a, another really good example, I get to work with Louisville Tourism with for clients I needed a basket for a raffle and Louisville Tourism just took care of it. Uh, I had this problem and they solved it. Great. It was Good to hear. Uh, it was a great experience. So it's just one of the small things that you all have done, but it's a it's a great easy example of how granular your organization will get to support local and folks outside of the our community to come to Louisville. That's right. You said that you were quasi governmental. Is that a made up word? <laughs> we know it's funny we used to just refer to ourselves as the bureau and so of course we were uh very obviously confused with the fbi all the time no i'm <laughs> kidding but we uh quasi-governmental is a real word and it is a position that is not a 501c3 but also not a governmental agency we we have more flexibility and are not uh hindered by some of the the rules or some of the laws of being a true 100 government agency and so that allows us to go out and sell the destination and market it. So, But what's exciting is that we turn every dollar we receive from the bed tax into marketing dollars. So I think it's for every $1 we get, somewhere around $25 comes out of that in economic impact to the city. So that's where we are certainly not for profit. We're not in the business of making money. We're in the business of using visitor tax dollars to bring more visitors to the city. Okay, so how does Louisville Tourism interact and engage with our nonprofits in the city and even regionally? I know you all do some work regionally with counties surrounding Jefferson County. Is that right? Yeah, we do. We do a little bit. Jefferson County is our primary area, but we work with Indiana counties uh, just across the river and some other outlying uh, counties. Kind of like you said, in the region, there's probably about seven different counties that we work with a lot. Jefferson County is where we receive our tax dollars and where the main focus of that visitation comes, but certainly encourage folks to get out and do different experiences around. And, you know, as far as how we work with nonprofits, we, we wouldn't be the city we are without the nonprofits that we have here and to make a special from the big ones to the small, the medium, whatever size there are. We, 
really worked to get out of our lane, I guess, a little bit and really engage with nonprofits in the city as best we can because we are typically very focused on working with meeting planners and visitors and getting them here. But obviously, we over the years, we have realized that if we're not connecting those folks to what make our city kind of the heart of our city, um, which is our local businesses, our local nonprofits, then their experience is not going to be as fruitful. And so there's many trends in our space that have have even dictated that to some degree. Over the years, corporate social responsibility or CSR has become a big buzzword where groups want to come into a city and give back. And so we have really needed to learn and understand and be able to connect groups with the different sectors in our nonprofit world. So we may help a group come and do a donation or do a service project with a local nonprofit. We may work with nonprofits to provide services to groups. And most recently, we worked with uh, Fund for the Arts and did uh, a performing arts project. Actually, we did, it was a pilot program this time last year. It was a busker program, which is kind of live entertainment on the streets. And we helped work with them to schedule that and do the logistics to have live music around some of our biggest conventions in downtown. So it was providing entertainment to folks who are in for conventions and other events in the downtown area. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And therefore, you know, the, the exposure piece of that was really big to help folks understand what our city is all about. You know, that obviously tied right to performing arts and mm-hmm. the talent that we have here. But uh, the exposure it gave not just the artists, but also just the, you know, the thriving community was, was important. It was really I, well received by the groups. I love to see the intersection of hospitality and business intersect directly with nonprofit work and their mission to drive, you know, their, their work. And that, that is a great example of folks coming from out of town to explore our city and getting a taste of our nonprofit culture and life through programs with with Louisville tourism. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's a wonderful example. It's, it's definitely rewarding work. We, uh, we may be, I'd like to say we were the first city. I think we are, last year we also launched um, our community impact portal. You know, we kept having groups come in and ask for ways they could give back or ways they could connect with our local nonprofits. And we honestly just didn't have a real good solution for that. It wasn't a space that we had been in. And so we created an online portal where a meeting planner could go there and say that they are interested in a certain type of nonprofit in a certain subject area. Uh, what they want to do, if it's a donation or a give back or community service project, wherever that is. And they could kind of click through this portal and it would kind of go down the funnel and then ultimately spit out a list of contacts and nonprofits in our city that, that met those requirements. And that was huge for us because it's just everyone needs something a little different. And, and I'll, I'll, I'm sad to say that our list is far from exhaustive. We have been working over the last year to really build that up and we will always welcome any nonprofit that would like to be listed on there or give us a description of their agency that we can have them listed and be available for connecting with groups when they come in. We can add those links to our show notes and help get the word out about adding nonprofit information regionally, right? Getting back to the nonprofits, you all have a membership organization still, right? And there are several nonprofits that are members of the Louisville Tourism. Yeah, that's correct. We, Like I said, we are primarily well over 95% funded through the, the hotel tax, but we do have a, a partnership model where folks can pay kind of a nominal fee and they can be uh, featured and focused on in our advertising, our marketing initiatives, and they get to, um, it, it goes beyond just marketing our local businesses to visitors and, and meeting planners. It also, we have a ton of networking uh, events that we host where local uh, businesses can connect with each other too, which has been a big 
push, I know, for our partnership department over the last couple of years. So I'm glad to hear that that is still something that you offer to nonprofits because there are several destinations that people can visit from out of town that are nonprofits. I know the Bell of Louisville comes to mind and mm-hmm. uh, among among others down in the downtown region. You talked about all the different amenities and all the different things that you offer the city as well as your membership partners. How does Louisville tourism stack up against other tourism bureaus regionally as well as nationally? That's a great question. And obviously I'd have to say we're the best. Of course. <laughs> That's what I think too. <laughs> That's right. No, we, um, you know, it's very interesting. So we, we look at cities in tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Uh, a lot of times those are classified by how many hotel rooms they have or their population density. And so a tier one city, for instance, would be, you know, LA, New York, Chicago, Orlando. Um, and we are a tier two city. So our main competitive set uh, would be Indianapolis, Austin, Nashville, um, Denver, Charlotte, Columbus, Cincinnati, et cetera, et cetera. So just to give you an idea of where we kind of compare ourselves, we have a, a healthy budget, obviously with COVID-19, that, this is the, that's the giant asterisk for this year, but mm-hmm. we've always had a healthy budget and we have been very fortunate to host shows that compete heavily with, in tier one cities typically. And that's because of our exposition center out at the, what is known as course of the fairgrounds locally. And then our second convention center, the Kentucky International Convention Center downtown in very few cities can say that they have two facilities like that, let alone the one the size of the Expo Center, which I think last reported it was the sixth largest in the country. So we actually compete not only against our competitive set, but against larger cities. And so that, that really sets us apart from our other regional and national folks that are, that are our size. And we actually started two years ago, started surveying our meeting planners. And I do have, so we do have something more than just my word. We, we've been consistently ranked in the superior category when compared to other CVBs for customer service, and that's the highest rating based on our survey results. So we've been really excited to maintain that level. Uh, That's something to be very proud of. You know, we haven't quite mentioned the pandemic and how it has impacted your work. As the VP of Destination Services, I'm assuming this has been a year of uh, first times. Yeah, you know, unprecedented has probably been used way too many times, but it really is one of the best words to describe what's going on. I mean, whether it be 9-11 or the financial crisis 2008, our industry has felt impacts over the years, but nothing has come close to where we are with the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we being the hospitality and tourism industry nationally, not just in Louisville, have, has been the single hardest hit uh, industry by far, um, just decimated, honestly, uh, <laughs> whether it comes to layoffs and furloughs, uh, business. You know, when you think about hospitality, it goes way beyond just hotels, it goes to, um, you know, ground transportation, taxis, airport, restaurants, uh, the list goes on and on and on of the folks that represent our industry. And so it has been a devastating, it has had a devastating impact on us. Um, some numbers for you. I actually looked up some numbers this morning and um, we have, we've had over 300 groups cancel due to the pandemic, which resulted in losing 900,000, basically just under a million attendees to our city and that's from uh, March of 2019 until where we are now which is September of 2020. We have had lost 322 million dollars in economic impact um, in group business uh, and that's really just the group meeting planner uh, convention seminar that kind of side of things we're not really sure exactly how it's impacted leisure business but obviously across the country with the airline TSA numbers and everything you can kind of see where that went which is basically basically zero. We 
we typically, for, for another reference, we typically average around 70% occupancy in our hotels in Louisville, right around 70, high 60s. And we dropped uh, to the teens, if not single digits, back at the height of the pandemic in April and May. And as of September 2020 right now, we are sitting around the high 30s. So we have, uh, we have some climbing to do to get back to where we were. Wow. Definitely a blow. You know, I, as a, an event planner, I have a tendency to pay attention to some of the national trends. And one of the things that I've been hearing is uh, events are the first to go, we're the first to go, and they will be the last to come back. And do you see that trend here in Louisville? We do, yeah. The, um, um, especially when you talk about large festival type events, you know, music festivals, things like that. Those are the ones that we see really really come back last, but you're exactly right. The group, the group business was very much the first to be impacted and it's gonna be the last to come back. We, we hope and expect, and I've already seen actually some, some positives in the leisure space, um, especially as you look at all the research is saying that folks are gonna be willing to drive before they can fly. And we're seeing that as being an extremely drivable destination. It's why we've also been very successful uh, you know, within a day's drive of over half the US population. So we really see regional drive markets being uh, a huge plus for us as, as business does come back. But, you know, corporate business and large scale conventions and trade shows, especially where there's just a lot of social components, we see being probably the last to come back. Some of the smaller seminars and training sessions and things have been able to because they, just the function of their meeting is different. So can you define large versus small in your world? Yeah, you know, I'd say anything that involves more than one hotel. So it's typically over well over, well, most of the time it's over 500 attendees over, or 1,000, depending on the hotel they're using. Once they get into using multiple hotels and or the convention facilities or another venue, that's where we kind of get into more large-scale uh, events. Um, but, you know, as we sit here today, while we've had so many cancellations, we have been able to reschedule um, almost 100 groups. So that's been really positive. That represents about 42,000 attendees. Uh, and about 40 million in economic impact. So we've really worked hard to reschedule those that we're needing to cancel or postpone. Um, and since July of, I guess it'd been July this year, yeah, 2020. <laughs> isn't, that what, isn't that what the pandemic has done to us? I don't even know That's what right. it is. Yeah, um, no, we have no idea. We've welcomed back several groups, including uh, the National Street Rod Association, which if yes. you're from Louisville, you know what that looks like every August. We have hot rods and street rods all over the city and we were able to host that event successfully and safely. And they brought over 7,000 vehicles wow. to the city. So we've had some blips on the radar uh, that show signs that we're moving back in the right direction. For all intents and purposes, it's gonna be kind of a slow, slow burn until we get to a major impact in the pandemic, which would be like a, a vaccine right. or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's something on the minds of most fundraisers or development professionals in nonprofit space. Not all, but so much of the revenue that is nonprofits uh, earn are through events, be it large. Um, at the Home of the Innocence was a, was a podcast interviewee earlier this summer, and they had an, an 1,100 person event that went virtual. But then also there's the smaller events. Would you have any advice for those, those nonprofit professionals as they try to plan events in the next quarter to the first and second quarter of 2021? Yeah, that's a, well, that's a great question. You know, First, I would say that we have seen some groups have success in the virtual space, so I would always be open to that. But, you know, mostly 
it's it's been how do we get back face to face and that's where mm -hmm. the success is that's where the sponsorships the connections the, mm -hmm. the exhibitors all that comes and so I, w I would just say that we are in a, a somewhat fortunate spot kentucky um, whatever you uh, think of the process that has been taken so far we have been able to establish some very specific and well thought out guidelines to hosting events um, much to well, there's been much confusion around it, but we actually don't have a cap on the number of people that can meet where other cities. I know I was speaking with some folks in Colorado, specifically in their state, that said no one can meet over a certain number of people, period. Well, in, in Kentucky, uh, the governor and state health officials have released a great document on their Healthy at Work. Um, dot way, it's healthyatwork.ky.gov website. You can download specific guidelines, host an event in a venue or event space, and it goes over contact tracing and um, the one that everybody wants to know about, which is capacity, you can basically get up to 50% of the capacity of a venue as long as you can still social distance. So that could be a huge number of people or a small number of people, whatever you want to do. So I guess my advice would be to check out what, the, what guidelines are out there currently. Those have been in place since, I think, July 10th, and there's been very little change to those, which is, I think, a really good thing. They've been solid. Um, obviously, the mask mandate has been uh, something relatively new. But I would encourage folks to figure out how you can host, a, host your event, host your meeting in person. And don't shy away from the op options of hybrid meetings or incorporating some type of virtual component. And when you do that virtual component, we've had uh, some groups that have, say, done away with registration fees uh, or deeply discount registration fees, but offered new opportunities for fundraising for those that want to go virtual. There's different sponsorship opportunities that come with that. So I think you can still be successful with a hybrid model and some of the new opportunities that presents. But I would just encourage everyone to go out, check up on the guidelines for our state. Don't don't go anywhere else, but go to the state and, and find those. And we can help at Louisville Tourism, certainly walk through that and, and build your plan on how you could host a safe in-person event within those guidelines and then, and then do it. We, we are ready. The city is absolutely ready to hold events. They've been going on throughout uh, the pandemic to some degree. And certainly, like I said, since July 1, we've really been moving forward. And I think that's, uh, without being too ethereal, we, we have to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think stagnancy, is going to is going to not only slow our industry but could potentially kill our industry and the different businesses that are represented. So, I, I don't have all the answers for that, but I just know that our minds have to be: how can we keep moving forward? How can we do this? And then how can we adapt what we're doing and overcome the obstacles? I think that's a great piece of advice. How how can we keep moving forward? We have to be creative. Definitely. Maybe something different than we've done before, like a hybrid event, for example. But yep. that doesn't mean that we're done for. And right. um, so many Absolutely. nonprofits are closing their doors because of revenue issues. Um, it's, it's good to hear a, a little bit of positive hope because um, yeah. we all need hope right now. Well, yeah, and I think there's enough research that shows that once, unlike, say, 9-11, which was a, a very slow, gradual return to business, um, uh, there's enough research out there that leads me to believe that once there is a, a change in our situation, meaning a vaccine, that people are going to be ready to spend money, they're going to be ready to travel, yeah. I mean, it shows really just anecdotally in what people are doing with their discretionary funds and what companies are, you know, just for instance, all the home improvement projects are happening yep. right now. You know, people, there's a, there's a huge number of people in the, in the nation and in our state that have, that have discretionary funding and are, are ready to spend those dollars. And so I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see a much faster rebound from this than we have from some of the other setbacks in our industry. So as we do look forward and we keep moving forward, what do you think the last quarter of 2020 and moving into 2021 is going to look like for tourism and the destination 
uh, nonprofits is what I call. I don't know if that's the right term, but I call them sure. destination nonprofits. Yeah, um, I like that. I'm going to steal that from you. Okay, do it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is gonna, it's going to look like? It, it, I know your magic ball is nearby, so just right. go ahead. Let us know. No, I've already pulled the crystal ball out. We're already okay. deciding. Actually, it's interesting, the timing of this podcast and this discussion, because we're in this massive forecasting project, which is very difficult, as you can imagine, in these times where there's so much uncertainty. But we're forecasting not only through the end of this calendar year, but through the calendar year of 2021. And um, for group business, through the end of this calendar year and then into that first quarter of 21, it feels like it's going to be kind of much the same. We are going to probably average around the same occupancy. We're going to have groups come and meet. We expect it to, uh, depending on the market segment, and meaning if it's, a, if it's a sports event or if it's an education-focused event or if it's a religious-based event, each one of those have been impacted differently. Um, but we see some of those sports events, some of the direct selling groups, different segments like that coming back a little quicker. But we, we kind of feel like it's going to be much the same through the end of the year. The leisure side is a little bit less known. Uh, typically, though, as you would imagine, in the winter months, most cities have a decrease in leisure travel just because it's cold and, and people don't, aren't ready to travel and you have holidays. We do see a slight decrease in leisure travel. That's what we'd expect. But um, starting in the first quarter of 21 and moving on, I think there's a pretty solid upward trend line. And I think a lot of that is based on the assumption that we'll have some type of a workable vaccine out or getting ready to come out. So I guess as that goes, it could change. But as the year goes on in 2021, we do see an increase in, in group business and in travel and in the hospitality industry. Everyone is ready to do something other than stay home, <laughs> no matter what yeah. that looks like. And Absolutely. if we can do it safely, and there are there are you know is evidence that's based on that, then let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know may I may need to give some more background to the statement, but there's really no more. There's not. There's never been a safer time to be in a hotel, to be on a plane. There's just really there's a lot of protocols in place and. You know, the majority of folks are really doing it right, and, and there's no question that with travel sentiment surveys, there is a pent-up demand uh, for that experience. And it may start with, like I said, drive markets and slowly move to uh, flying. But, you know, so many folks don't realize that the, new, the airplanes these days have some of the safest air and some of the cleanest environments that you can have. Um, wow. It's not like the old days 10 or 15 years ago when you got on a plane and it was a whole bunch of recycled air, you know. Right. <laughs> I don't think people realize that. No, absolutely yeah. not. Do you think some of these things that have been put in place to keep us safer or, or be cleaner, do you think these, these new policies are here to stay? Or do you think they'll kind of go away once there's a vaccine for COVID-19? Boy, that's a good question. That is a really good question. And, you know, it's funny, like everything, you know, we always for years have talked about work-life balance. And I talk about now kind of like this is the true intersection of work and life and personal mm -hmm. and professional. And so that question is a great one. And it definitely taps into both sides of my brain, you know, and I would say that I would say that, um, no, you know, by, by Zach Davis's opinion, both a little bit of personal, a little bit of professional, I would say, no, those, some of those measures are not here to stay. What might be here to stay is some of the, some of the outlook on how we do business. Maybe there'll be a slightly more, a slight uptick in virtual meetings. Maybe, you know, instead of getting on conference calls in the future, we will jump on a Zoom meeting because we're all comfortable now with that video experience. Maybe some companies that never looked at work from home will do more work from home. So I see some of those kind of trends staying, but I, I don't see some of the, the, very, the, the very specific health and safety pieces um, other than maybe some additional signage uh, to continue to remind us all to wash our hands and do things right. like that. 
But no, it, it feels like that's going to go away once the, once the virus goes. One last question. With regard to that, do you think uh, Louisville Tourism will start providing a service on how to have a hybrid event? Yeah, it's interesting. We've, we've already kind of gotten into that space. We've, looked, we've worked with some local partners, some AV providers, some, some internet service providers that work out of, say, our convention facilities, and we've already tapped them to have some models built, and we've already presented uh, in, conjunction, in conjunction with some of those partners two groups to help guide them through what uh, you know a hybrid model looks like. It really, it's really been interesting, but there are a lot, of, um, a lot of resources out there all the way down to how would you set a room you know, if you usually set a room for rounds of 10, maybe you would look at other options. Uh, and so we, there's some great software out there through our meeting facilities and our meeting partners that we've been able to get ahead of that. You know, every group is a little different, so we, we kind of approach each one individually, but we would love to talk with folks and help walk through what we know to date. And again, it goes back to some of the great, more or not, the, the guidelines that we have are, it's important that we have guidelines because for, for several months we didn't have any of that and we didn't know what a meeting would look like or how it could even take place in Kentucky. And so we're fortunate that we have those guidelines there now. We know how that can take place and what we need to do to make that happen. Is there a way for nonprofits who have maybe not uh, destination events and groups coming in, but do have large events uh, to get some of that uh, those resources from the CVB? Yeah, possibly. I think what we'd want to do is we'd want to um, ideally it'd be an event that they were planning here in Louisville. Obviously, that that would be what would be the most resourceful. But no, we want. We want to hear from everybody and, and be a resource to the community and figure out how we can help folks hold their events. And it, it really has been, it always is, but it really, especially now, has been a very, the opposite of a one-size-fits-all approach. So we'd really love to hear from folks and what they're looking to do and then kind of take it from there. Great. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll, um, that's wonderful resource for nonprofits to have because it is, you know, there's a big question mark for those February events, for example. Sure. Um, those galas, those, what do they look like? They are hosted at hotels, typically. So mm-hmm. to have a resource like Louisville Tourism saying, yeah, we, we'll help you kind of think through that. Maybe it should be something else besides what you've done in the past, and here's what we've seen. That's a huge, huge help to nonprofits who... Yeah, please. If we, um, you know, like you said earlier, I think folks are going to have to think outside the box, and so let mm-hmm. us help be part of that process. Like I said, there's no fees, there's no contracts, there's no... Nothing, <laughs> nothing other than our services that we'd love to, to, to provide and, and work with folks on how they could host a successful event. Thank you so much for talking with us about what you all do at Louisville Tourism and how you intersect with nonprofits. I do want to move to my one common questions to wrap up this episode. I do this with almost every guest. What's one thing you love about working with Louisville Tourism, and more specifically, nonprofits. I love the multitude of relationships that we get a chance to and need to build to be successful. You know, I never would have thought that I'd be sitting in some of the rooms that I'm sitting in with some of the great nonprofit groups or service providers or just folks in the city that make it tick. And so it never is the same day twice here. We're always working with a different group with a different need or a different opportunity. For instance, this last year, we got really involved in helping to support some of the homelessness and panhandling issues. We've, we've helped uh, build sidewalks and heavy, heavily needed areas and convention corridors. This whole enhancing of the visitor experience has been really a, a special part of the job. And, and honestly, you know, say, take for instance, the homelessness, the street behavior that has been going on in the city. Like we've got to work with some great nonprofits there. We've worked with Dare to Care, the food bank, and how they connect with uh, the convention centers and, and help 
uh, fix kind of the, the food waste problem that kind of sometimes happens in our industry. The nonprofit world really brings meaning, you know? It's one of those things like we can bring groups and we can have great economic impact, but that the nonprofit world allows us to truly see impact in lives. And I think that goes way beyond uh, anything in my professional career. It definitely uh, hits home on a human level. All right, so we've talked about the things you love, but what are some things you love less about working with tourism and nonprofits? Oh man, I love less. You know, I think sometimes whenever you're in an environment that is, that is connected throughout the city, obviously things can get politicized. Anytime, no matter what industry you're in, if things get politicized and it, and it inhibits the end goal, that can be frustrating. And, and while that's rare for us, sometimes there are situations where we have to move through some of that, and we do, and I guess that's the one piece that um, if it's inhibiting an end positive goal, that can be frustrating. Yeah. What's one resource you'd like to share with the audience today? Something that you love to use? Ooh, I guess I have to say our website, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, we have, a, we have a great website at gotolouisville.com. I would encourage folks to use that. Um, I, you know, I've, I've loved our community impact portal uh, and learning what nonprofits we have in the city because, again, I'm sad to say there was some that I didn't even know we had here. And some, when you dig into what they're doing and the, and the, the things that are happening, uh, it's just such a positive experience. So I love our community impact portal, which is on our website. I also love just working with some of our other partners, whether it be Downtown Partnership or LMPD or, or other groups, uh, the Hotel Association, the Restaurant Association, just some of these other, these other organizations. I like working with them and trying to understand their business and how we can all work together. What is one thing that you or Louisville Tourism is doing to impact equity, inclusion, and diversity in your sector? That's a great question. And, you know, we... Um, we are a diverse industry already in every facet of that word, but we really have always made that, whether it be our LGBTQ um, task force that we started several years ago uh, or other initiatives. You know, right now, currently, we have a Black Tourism Advisory Council yeah. uh, that's made up of local leaders. Um, we've also recently undergone a complete organizational audit in uh, the diversity uh, equity and inclusion space, just to look at our procurement or hiring, just to kind of make sure we have the checks and balances needed, that we're doing the most, uh, the best job we can in that space. Um, so those are two really big ones. We've also championed a uh, workshop slash training series for the entire hospitality industry. We had a group come in and did our first workshop on, uh, at the end of July, and we had over 500 wow. folks on that, that virtual workshop, and it was really a success. And so. We're scheduling our second one now for the end of September and hope to have the same, if not more, folks. And are just really opening up to anybody in the community, frontline workers, general managers, anybody in the hospitality industry, really anybody at all could join. We are kind of the leader in the space when it comes to hospitality in Louisville. And so we want to be in the leader in the space in the DEI world as well. And so providing that training and that opportunity for our partners has been really a passion of our CEO and in our leadership. And uh, the first one was met with a lot of success, and we look forward to more more to come. wonderful. I always tell nonprofits that I meet with is it starts with your leadership and yeah. it's, it sounds like that's exactly how it, it has worked for Louisville tourism. And you've been able to do such an amazing job with, uh, promoting Louisville and, and, you know, going the right direction and being inclusive with everyone who touches your mission, which is pretty much everyone in the city, right. Um, yeah. to promote Louisville in the best way. And so yeah. uh, I truly appreciate you being here on the podcast with us. 
This has been Small Shop Fundraising. I'm your host, Liz Hack. Thanks again, Zach. Thanks for having me.